0: Welcome back, folks. to Puck. to I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a kilt-wearing boy and a man who really appreciates a Soul Train compilation on a Friday night, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who responds to me at all hours and a man who's already resigned himself to burning his Arsenal shirt this season. We we'll love you, human. We'll hide him.
1: Um, i did doing all right. I'm not... If I haven't burned my Arsenal shirt yet, yeah. I'm more disappointed
0: in it now. It's <laughs> a good point. You never you know go, I mean? Yeah, true. You're never going to argue at this point. Good point. It's... It's
1: it's funny, isn't it? So, like for for those who don't know, uh, Arsenal Football Club, the greatest football club in in all of the Great London area and potentially the world, um, lost their opening game of the season to newly promoted Brentford, their first time in the Prem. Now, if any, you know, take take a one of the thirty two NHL teams, yeah, you lose your opening game of the season in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. Nobody wants it. But I think most fans would agree, all right, you lose one. All right, there's 81 left to go. Who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fair. But in in, in the Prem, and for a club like Arsenal, who have spent the better part of 15 years trying to rebuild, basically... Or, oh, yeah, the equivalent of a football rebuild, which is probably more of a, a, a retooling in NHL language, to to lose in, in the fashion that they have lost basically every game they've ever lost um, to a newly promoted side is fucking worrying, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it's so much more magnified in footy than the NHL. Because it is true, because it's about the games and it's about the competition and... And we said before, the NHL is two leagues. There's the regular season, which is one league, and then a whole new league starts in the postseason. And that might sound weird, but that, that is how it is. And in foot, you don't have that. It's just the league, and that's it. So if you lose your opening game and you've been bullied around like you always are, as in the case with Arsenal, is that for the longest time, the... Uh, the Arsenal and a great British saying is "They don't like it up 'em," is basically <laughs> what teams do to Arsenal. Because Arsenal <laughs> like to play attractive, passing, flowing football, and teams just rattle them early doors and put them under pressure, shirt pulling, you know, little digs here and there, with the studs, all that kind of thing. And Arsenal don't like it. They haven't got any players who can kind of combat that. To make it easier for our hockey friends here, Arsenal players don't have enough jam or grit is the absolute basic way of getting this across to you. Whereas back in the day, they had a ton of players who had plenty of jam and plenty of grit. But they also had a ton of players who were absolutely lights out skill-wise. They had that kind of perfect combination. So, yeah, it is kind of worrying.
1: Arsenal Football Club are are exactly what people imagine the Toronto Maple Leafs to be. Yes. It's, It's... shite defence and yeah like you say no I, I, don't, I don't like doing it but yeah it's, it's players who, who can't play physically and don't have There there is one player in the entire squad who has has that has that fight to him has that bite to his game and it is the legend himself Tierney.
0: shout out KT which,
1: you know all due all due respect to KT fantastic incredible one of the best left backs in the world fantastic player but if your only player providing that kind of presence and attitude to your team is a twenty three year old left back, it's a fucking problem, isn't it? It's a fucking problem. And it's yeah, what can what can you do? I mean, you know, the the transfer window still has a couple of weeks left, so who knows what's gonna happen and who knows what's gonna happen for the rest of the season sort of thing. Like, you know, Thomas Partey wasn't playing. It was a bit of a it was a bit of an interesting squad that they'd put out But, yeah, I think it's going to be another season of uh, Europa League if you're lucky.
0: (laughs) You might be right. I was also on... This happened on Friday night. And I was also on Friday night browsing around YouTube, as I do in the wee hours, and fell down a rabbit hole and found myself watching uh, compilations of Soul Train, which was just one of the best ways to spend a Friday night. Because Soul Train, if you don't know, was fucking amazing. And one of the main reasons it was amazing was... Every single thing about that show was the epitome of cool. And I like the word cool kind of gets overused and it can mean various things, but the music was cool. Everyone on the show looked cool. Some of the outfits, if I describe them to you, some of the outfits were absolutely bananas. Just insane, crazy. Who would even leave the house wearing that? Yet yeah, it just worked. There was a guy who had smart work shoes on, like tan work shoes laced up. He had socks pulled all the way up to his knees, baggy shorts and a shirt. And this motherfucker was so cool. He just looked awesome. They could all dance amazingly. They just seemed to have rhythm. Even like, obviously, the fucking legendary Don Cornelius, the host, like one of the coolest guys who's ever lived. I just think we just don't have a show like this anymore. We we should have like a Soul Train type show now. And like the dancing at the end, everybody could dance. Everybody could dance. The music was awesome. And you'd always think like you always imagine that kind of Soul Train was just a show for black artists, but it wasn't. They had a they had a band on it. <laughs> the first band in this compilation had 12 members. But there was there was like some like Romanian guy playing the drums. There was an Italian guy playing the fucking saxophone. There was a black singer. And they were just like, nobody cared. It was just, is the music good? Yes, that's all that matters. Can we sort of move to this music? And it was fucking awesome. If you ever get an hour to yourself, folks, and you want to kind of chill out and enjoy yourself and, you know, nod your head long while you're doing something, stick on a Soul Train compilation. You'll have a whale of a time. Just beautiful stuff.
1: It's not it's a bad way to spend a Friday night, you know, a little beverage of choice on the sofa get the old YouTube up on the TV treat yourself yeah i'm I'm, I'm definitely more of a um a, a fails compilation kind of a uh, kind of scumbag <laughs>
0: myself like like skateboarders <laughs> and stuff just wiping out that kind of thing or
1: just 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 whatever just whatever like generic how being being uh being a child of the 90s and growing up in the way that many of us have grown up, Dan. My attention span is woefully short now. So if you can give me a blast of like 108-second videos in like a 15-minute compilation, I'm fucking set. Absolutely set. That'll, That'll do me.
0: And then just before we came on, some terrible news for British comedy fans was that, and as Will pointed out before we started recording the show, if we have the word Brit in our title, we have to pay homage to this person. But a great comedian, Sean Locke, has passed away at 58. Now, the best way to describe Sean Locke is, is that he was a, um, a stand-up who traveled, did tours, did all that kind of thing. But he found his main fortune on comedy panel shows in the UK. Now, this is something I've never really seen in North America. It's kind of like the comedy panel show where it was... Stupid games. The best way I can describe it is, I'm assuming people have seen Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because I know it was on in the States um, after it was on here. And that's kind of the best way to explain a lot of comedy panel shows in this country. It doesn't matter. There's no prizes. You just get six comedians and a host who's also usually a kind of comedian. And then they just make jokes about stupid stuff. They have games that don't really matter. There's a great clip that I've retweeted on my own uh, page called, and they play a game called Carrot in a Box. So John Richardson and Sean Locke on 8 out of 10 cats play Carrot in a Box. And it's just just absolute stupidity comedy gold. There's two boxes. One of them can look in their box. If they have the carrot, they try and keep the box. If they don't, they try and kind of give it away. The person who looks in the box can't swap the box. Only the person who hasn't looked in the box can swap the box. It's so stupid. But I was in tears watching it. And Sean Locke is one of those guys who's made a name for himself doing that. And it's uh, he he also had a, gr- a fantastic a fantastic sitcom that was called Fifteen Stories High that was on for two years, and it never really picked up. Classic classic British sitcom situation. Absolutely, being
1: utterly incredible,
0: and it got roughly
1: seven and a half episodes.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Just absolute genius. I thought it was fantastic. There's a scene where. I'm assuming you've... Did you ever watch it then? I'm assuming you've seen it. Yeah, I think I've seen the first series. Have you seen that bit where he gets... So, Benedict Wong becomes his, like, uh, like his roommate. And Benedict Wong... Which, which, looking... Sorry, looking back on that now for...
1: But obviously for people who don't know Sean Locke as well, like... <laughs> this was in what 2004 was it yeah
0: like a long time Something
1: ago like that. yeah 2002 and now benedict wong is in the fucking marvel cinematic universe like <laughs> he's insane. a massive hollywood actor <laughs> I know. and he started as fucking errol on uh <laughs> on 15 stories high
0: and basically benedict wong's character has this obsession with peeling wallpaper off walls <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he goes anywhere and sees wallpaper on a wall, he can't help himself but rip it off. It's absolutely bonkers, stupid, asinine British comedy about a guy who just lives in a block of flats. That's that's the entire premise of the show, and then wacky stuff happens.
1: But it was absolutely and, amazing. And that was, that was the beauty of, of Sean Locke's comedy as well. You know, Be it his stand-up, be it his work on various panel shows throughout the years... Any appearances he made for for wherever it might have been, it was that utterly relatable irrever- irreverence. Yes, if that makes any sense whatsoever, like it was fucking balmy. And and obviously, you, know, you get mad comedians, you know, your Milton Joneses, your whoever it might be, you know, proper just wacky shit. But not not everyone that doesn't resonate with everyone. Sean Lock, I think he would struggle to find a member of the British public who's seen his work, who didn't at least enjoy him on like 8 out of 10 Cats, or Cats Does Countdown, all while being utterly mad. Mad as a box of frogs. He he was incredible. He was an absolute pillar of British comedy. And I, I truly hope that his legacy stands the test of time, because it, it absolutely should.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's somebody like... I. I to me, like, Eddie Izzard is sort of, like, the next stage above that in every way. There are some people who just cannot get on board with Eddie Izzard's style of comedy. Whereas, mm. because he is completely, completely bonkers and the things he talks about, and it's crazy. And But he is kind of, like, he's, Eddie Izzard is world famous, and he's done the same. Like, he's been in American shows and films and all kinds of stuff and has parlayed his... This wacky stand-up career, and now into like moving into politics as well. Whereas Sean Locke was kind of the the kind of easy listening, your grandma could watch him and still laugh, kind of guy. And it was amazing that how he did it. He like I always think like, comedy geniuses are they're just quicker than everybody else. They just see a situation and within two seconds have an unbelievably funny take on it. And it can be completely bonkers or completely weird. And, and and that's what Sean Locke did. I think he did an amazing job at parlaying his kind of weirdness and his looking looking at the gray areas of life and then turning that into, oh, this is actually a hilariously relatable situation that you've probably all been in before. Like I said, if you get a chance, just watch Carrot in a Box on 8 Out of 10 Cats. It's so fucking dumb and stupid, but it's absolute just genius. It's genius. Yeah, gutted. RIP Sean Locke. There's only two, there's probably two big things we're going to talk about today. So we'll talk about the contracts uh, that have been signed and, of course, the uh, jersey retirement thing. There was one thing I wanted to ask you before we started the show properly was, I mentioned ooh, last week ooh, about... God. I mentioned last week about Sergei Fedorov coaching in the KHL. And I was wondering about... I, again, we don't touch on the K too much, but it, it's fucking Fedorov, like one of, the, one of my absolute favourite players ever. It led me to thinking about when a player is that good and then they're coaching they must get so frustrated at the players on their team who just aren't that good because Fedorov must be looking at certain plays and thinking "How, how did you not do that? How can you not do that? Which was something that I could do 50 times with my eyes closed and I wonder if that's why sometimes like the classic well good players don't make or oh, great players don't make great coaches, the kind of cliche. And I get, you know, there's the odd one here or there, but it's that kind of He must be looking at some of his players thinking, how did you not thread that pass through four player skates and onto the other guy's stick? How could you not do that? <laughs> like, what do you mean? How could I not do that? That's such a hard pass. And Fedor's thinking, I used to do that all the time. What are you talking about? I I think The
1: key for the key for becoming a good coach as a player as you know, from, from from being a you know world class player as Fedorov was to then go and be a coach is is separating yourself from the play. You know what I mean? You're not coaching for you, you are coaching for these players. So it's not about yeah, it's it's about managing your own expectations, like you say. Yeah, there'll be there'll be plays that Sergei Fedorov can make that not a soul on this on this planet at the moment could make. Let alone, you know, your average CSK Moscow player all due respect. So it's it's about him it's it's a problem where we associate playing and coaching so closely together when realistically the two things couldn't be more different. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You're That's right. why
1: you end up with bang average players being decent coaches because your talent level on the ice does not translate you know, it's not a a like for like with your ability to get a team to play a system and and shit like that. It's I think it would be interesting, and I think I think Fedorov is probably a better candidate to be a decent coach than like say you know, your your Wames or your Marios or whoever it might be. But yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm <laughs> not gonna hold out hope that he's gonna be the Russia, you know, the next uh, Vladislav Tretiak or whatever.
0: I like the idea as well that like, Fedorov's, Fedorov's got these drills set up for his players and they're just incredibly intricate and detailed and impossible to do. <laughs> He's got like, you know... So, what you've got to do, lads, is uh, if you just if you just deke around these 17 pucks without touching any of them, it's like, what? Okay. <laughs> You're kidding, aren't you? Like you say, Fedorov could probably still do that... a job for most teams, couldn't he?
1: That's the thing. But that that's why I think Fedorov is in a unique position to succeed coaching-wise because... Because he played in the nineties primarily, uh, and was had, had his most success in the nineties, and he wasn't just a pure skill player. Obviously, he had that fucking game breaking skill and was electric with the puck on his stick. But this this is a guy, a, you know, a center, an all star Hall of Fame center, who suited up on the back end for the Detroit Red Wings yeah. in the fucking nineties. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, he had that nouse in his game that his success was not only built on he was freakishly better than everyone else naturally. He understood the game enough to play D properly. And, you know, not... All due respect, I'm sure um, Sergei Fedorov was a better D-man than... I don't want to say Eric Carlson, but you know what I mean? It's not like... (laughs) He just played on the back end and was. It's not like he was like a John Klingberg or a Carlson or whoever you want to want to yeah, compare yeah. to. He wasn't just an offensive defenseman. He was a proper, a proper D man, which I think his his understanding and his ability in that aspect of the game gives him a better chance of being a better coach. I'm still not going to put my money on it, but yeah, I, th- I think he's got a chance.
0: I hope so. I, ho- I hope so because I'd love to see him coach in the NHL. I'd love to see some team offer him just a boatload of money for oh, his yeah. success, and then just get him over it.
1: Would he? Would he be the first Russian to coach in the NHL? Oh
0: God, there's a good question. I don't know. I assume you're looking it up right now.
1: I mean, I'm trying to. It doesn't look like. I don't. I don't think so. Did Victor taken off coach in the NHL? I don't think he did. Uh, no, I I don't think there have been any Russians. We've we've not even had a proper European coach, have we?
0: Apart, from, uh, Ralph
1: Ralph Kruger. Proper European. He's half Canadian, isn't he? Yeah, I
0: suppose. No offense to Ralph Kruger, but <laughs> wow! Just you <laughs> know, this is taking a dark turn quickly.
1: I'm just saying it's about <laughs> Russia for the Russians. He I think he was yeah, he was born in fucking Winnipeg. Yeah, he was born
0: like in Canada, wasn't he? Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not He's fucking Canadian, German and Swiss all in one. God, what a freak. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. this international man, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, no wonder. He, no wonder he failed in the National Hockey League of Canada. No wonder. No wonder. Yeah, he exactly.
1: National, not international.
0: Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's start the show.
1: No, I've got some more. I've got some more things I want to say It all the safer.
0: Of course, we're brought to you by the fabulous Wave Intel. Head over there to let Jason and his massive team of stat badgers provide you with all information you need for the upcoming season. It's going to creep up on us quicker than you think, and Wave Intel can help you with that. Head over there for comparison charts, graphs, data on everything you could need, uh, GMs, coaches, everything. Have a look at it, see where your team's going into, get ready for the upcoming season. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere you can listen. Tell a friend if you like the show, and maybe they'll like you a bit more. Cheers. So just to round out some more contracts that have been signed since we've uh, since we've been away, and we can actually go through these in order because there wasn't any that uh, sort of no massive ones, really. Uh, Sam Reinhart gets three years, 6.5? Question mark?
1: I like it, yeah. I like it. Uh, he's a good player. Good little bit of term. How old you he now? 25? You get one year of UFA. Two years? I'm never quite sure how that works. But yeah, you're eating in some of his UFA seasons. And it's not a bad... The contract on, on its own isn't bad, really. I don't necessarily think it's going to hamstring you to, to sign Barkov after this year or during this year. Um, yeah, <laughs> compared to compared to some other uh, contracts the Panthers have signed recently, I uh, I like it a lot.
0: What do you think? Uh, that's a good chance to actually talk about Barkov. What do you think he's going to get? What do you think he's looking for?
1: Oh, it's got to be got to be eight, eight figures, isn't
0: it? Yeah, he's looking at eight for sure. He's got to be. He's
1: got to be. He's got be at least nine. At least nine because people don't talk about it with Florida enough. But like they are still like tampering in the. The sense of state income tax and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe ZO can get him to fucking pull a pull a Braden point, pull a Stamkos a of. But the way he's been signing contracts, I don't think he will.
0: Well, if they get rid of if they get rid of Vetrano and Achari, that's basically one and a half each. That'd take him to just under. That'd take him to around ten actually. Was how they could probably do it.
1: Vetrano is making. Two point five? That's not like a combined four if you get rid of the two of them.
0: Yeah, Vetrano and Achari. Achari's making basically one and a half. Vitrano's making basically two point five. So that's f- Yeah, you said one and a half each. Oh sorry, sorry, no. No, yeah. Vitrano's making two and a half. Achari's making that's one right. and a half, sorry. Yeah, so a combined four, and then there you go. There's your that gets you to round about ten.
1: Yeah, which which should be doable. It's then getting who know the year after that I think is going to be the issue potentially
0: well then you see but then there will be a lot but then Hornquist Holqu- would probably come off them wouldn't he you'd get some of that money back
1: yeah very true very so true. not
0: terrible they're not in as bad a situation as maybe people yeah, think yeah they
1: are as said, they're, they're short term is the thing well the longest one they've got is Eggblad yeah and even then he's only got four years oh oh yeah apart <laughs> from um... who's that goalie down
0: yeah <laughs> Well, we don't talk. we can ignore the goalies. And Bob, Bob's like uh, Bob's like just like you discounts Citizen Kane in greatest movie ever conversations because it always just you just forget about that because yeah whatever. Bob's like that. You just forget it because yeah it's whatever. That's over there. We don't talk about that. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I can't believe how quickly we people are just like ignoring Sergei Bobrovsky as a as a factor for the Florida Panthers. Do you know what I mean? Like it's already okay. It's going to be a split. Load with him and Spencer Knight. Okay, all right. Just you've got a ten million pound goalie and you're not even thinking about him being the starter. Like fucking
0: excellent. It will. It it comes up if either Spencer Knight is bad, which, like I said before, I've said before, there isn't. I don't believe there's such a thing as a goalie prospect. They like him a lot. I I like him a lot. He could be good. He might be terrible. Then Bobrovsky's contract starts to become an issue, or. The other issue will then be in two years when Spencer Knight needs his contract or his first proper, like his big boy contract. Because then you're going to have, you know, if Spencer Knight plays fucking awesome, well, he's not going to be taking, like Cart Heart deal. Okay. I like that deal because he didn't really perform, but there's still a chance for him to grow. And if he does perform, it could be good. If Spencer Knight ends up being brilliant and taking the job, He's not going to be signing for three at 3.5 or whatever it was. He's going to want a bit more than that. He's going to want like binning to money, basically. And then... Here's...
1: Sorry, I was just going to say, here's um here's a little, little trivia for you, a little quiz for you, Dan. Go on. How many goalies do the Florida Panthers have on their cap as of today?
0: Four, five? I know they've still got Luongo. I know they've still got Luongo. I know they've still got Scott Darling. But I'm thinking there might be another one I've forgotten.
1: Uh, No, you have not forgotten an extra one. It is those I've forgotten about Luongo and Darling still being against the gap. And Darling goes on to next season as well. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Fucking madness. Absolute madness. So that's when there's going to be an issue with Bobrovsky's contract. It will be if Spencer Knight is bad this year because then (laughs) they're Mm. going to say... Well our ten <laughs> our ten million stroke one A, one B is also bad. Our, or then it will be it'll be one or the other. Or then when Spencer Knight's due his next you know, his sort of new deal, basically, in two years.
1: It's it's gonna become such an issue if that happens and then it's gonna re you know, drag up the the Chris Dreger issue. Yes. Which, you know, they couldn't afford to keep him, so they did have to get rid of him. But why couldn't they afford to keep him? Because of Officer Bob, like yeah, it's not oh, it's not a good look at all, is it?
0: Is there a limit on how many contracts you can have bought out that are goalies on your roster at the same time? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Oh, I've just got to do I it. I don't know,
1: is it? I know that there's a limit on uh retained salary you can have on the books, but is there a yeah. is there a limit on how many how many buyouts you can have?
0: Do you know what? Bob's buyout. Isn't that terrible? Considering it's not good. Don't it, get me is wrong. Is it better than? Is it better than the
1: uh, the, the Minnesota buyouts?
0: No, it's bad. It's bad, but it's not no, as horrific. No. It's not as horrific as I thought it'd be. Ah, oh, no, it is bad. Actually, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. I go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting deja vu here. Is it? It's bad. So
1: we're looking at what fun. 5.8, 5.8, 6.8, 6.8, 6.8, 6.8, and then down to two for another five mm. five years? Oh Yeah, and then that? 1.8
0: for five years after that, yeah.
1: So you're looking at five years of between six and seven million against the cap. Can, can you do more with that three or four million and not having Bobrovsky on that? I mean, if you bought out Bobrovsky this summer and signed Chris Drieger... That's the same money, and you've got Drieger and and Knight instead of Bobrovsky and Knight. Is is that a better situation? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not... I'm not confident saying it definitely isn't a better situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Neither are great, but... Yeah, I could I could see your way being a bit better for sure. I kind of
1: I mean it's you know, it's it's it's, it's yeah, looking above an the horse's bolt at this point, isn't it, really? Not that Chris Drieger's fucking second coming of whoever, Dominic yeah. Hasek, but uh yeah, there's not really a lot of goalies around at the moment. Maybe by that next year though. Fucking why
0: not? Yeah, maybe. You were. Uh, you're not too keen on the Neil Pionk deal. No, I'm not too keen on
1: it. Keys is getting five point nine against the Cab for four years for like a bang average defenseman if ever there was one.
0: Is this alright? You know I mean? a- there's two scenarios what? here that that have played into this. Scenario A is is that the Jets have just actually managed to trade for some NHL defensemen. So now they couldn't actually let one of their NHL defensemen not be under contract. Like they had to sign him because they were like, well, we can't not, like we have to sign him because our fucking defense was shit all last year because we had no players. And the second one is, is that he was good last year in a terrible decor. Now he may, he may still improve. I'm not saying he won't. And I actually thought, I actually thought he was decent last year. I thought he was pretty good. I don't think he was this good. And it's kind of Winnipeg. No, sir. But it's it's like if there was a if there was a, a a pie chart of levels of acceptance, I would accept on a deal for Neil Pionk. This is like the absolute max end. I would I would have gone. I would have much rather much rather have come in like at four or something like that. And if but like we said before, when you're in the room and you've got no pla like no defenseman and you're looking at a guy who was actually pretty decent for you last year, you're going to sign it. you got to.
1: I don't think you do. Oh, I think he so. He was an RFA. He was an RFA. Trade
0: him for assets. Yeah, but then you're never going to get he's anything like... back. Nobody was like... <laughs> We've said before, like, what, what are you going to get what, back? What you're going to get back is not paying
1: $6 million a year for Neil Pionk. He's, he's been decent enough for him, all things considered. But I do not strictly subscribe to the idea... Okay, he's been decent enough for him, when they haven't got NHL D-men in front of Connor Hellebuck, who has had Vesna worthy arguably heart-worthy seasons behind him. Do you know what I mean? Those two cannot be separated from each other. And I definitely don't subscribe to the idea that, oh, if you were halfway decent... With shit teammates means you're going to be a fucking all star when you get half decent teammates, especially when you combine it with an with an all world goalie playing behind you. Add in the fact that you know they like you said Dan, they've got an d men now. So why are you overpaying for a, for a D man? You don't fucking need him anymore. You when you when you've got Morrissey, Schmidt, Dylan, uh, and Demello, Brendan Dylan Demello why Why are you chucking another six minute Neil Pionk when you've got three other players who are as good as Neil Pionk and maybe one who's significantly better than Neil Pionk? Maybe two of them.
0: I just don't think you're Do you going mean? I, I get what you're saying about trading him, but you're getting, you're getting nothing back for Neil Pionk. And I understand that goes against what I'm saying. You know, of like, well, if you're going to get nothing back, how fucking good can he be then? I get it. <laughs> uh, I get what you say. I do get it
1: <laughs> he's great nobody would trade for him but he's great <laughs> I didn't say he was great <laughs> he's the best D-man I've ever seen in my life no, and, and then they've got young D-men coming through as well you've got your Sammy Neat. well Sammy Neat not is not that young anymore uh, like Vinnie Vinnie Veal v- 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 uh, that Simon Lundmark is meant to be alright like they don't need Neil Pionk and they definitely don't need him at that much of a cap hit. That's that's fucking bonkers to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Alright. I hate it. I hate I hate his contract and I hate Neil Pionk.
0: <laughs> and now that by default I now hate the Winnipeg Jets. Absolutely. Ab-
1: absolutely. Yeah that's that's the spoiler alert, that's the the deal that's been signed in the last few days that I hate the most.
0: <laughs> How about the uh, Andrew Cop deal then for the Jets? A year at 3.6. Uh, one year at 3.6? Yeah, a year
1: at 3.6. I, I didn't even fucking see this deal. <laughs> uh, is Andrew is Andrew Cop the one that's, that's turned into being really good or is that Adam Lowry? Maybe it was both of them. Wasn't that Andrew? Yeah, wasn't it? No, that that can't be true. See, as a... I get, I get them confused at the best of times. This is the thing. One with of them's the... turned into an utter. This is the thing. With
0: no, the it's jets. Andrew Cop. This, is... I... this thing with the Jets, isn't it? They've got like all these really good third, fourth flying guys, and you're like, which ones are really good again? Yeah, it was Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp was the guy I said they should have, they should have traded last year to get a D man, and packaged him somehow to get because he had like a career year, basically. But right, he did have a career, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think if you haven't traded him anyway, this is a good contract for him.
0: Oh yeah, you love it, don't you?
1: <laughs> As we discussed. I, I do like it. I do like it to be honest. Yeah. What one year? What <laughs> sign that? anyone for a year? What's not I don't, all I don't give a shit? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, like I, I think it's a good. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. They probably should have shipped him out and gotten something got maybe a D-man that they could have uh, not, could have <laughs> used as another excuse to not pay Neil Bjorn. But yeah, if he if he carries on, cool. If he doesn't, whatever. He's UFA. Who cares? I, I, I reckon if it doesn't work out, he's still a low enough hit and will be close enough to have having, having had a breakout season. And they'll still be able to ship him out at the trade deadline for something worth shipping him out for if needs be. So yeah, yeah, cool.
0: The Joe Thornton sadness tour continues as he goes to Florida for a year. Uh it's weird. It's weird, isn't yeah, it? I don't I don't like it now. I don't like it. The, the, this is this is the
1: Alberta to Calgary, isn't it? This is he's gonna get he's gonna get twelve games into the season and be like, eh, do you know what? I don't fucking need to do this anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, and he's going to go down as one of those players. I know we've said before, and I've I've put it on our little, you know, one minute bloody audiogram thing about sometimes great players don't get to win a cup. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. And yeah, I just can't see it happening in Florida either, especially in that, especially in that division. I mean, if they're going to keep him on ice for like the first. <laughs> sort of seven months of the season or we can I have long fine and then bring him back for the like for a for a playoff run. All right, maybe I could see that working, just keep him chilled out, but yeah, it's a I think when players start to go to teams that are well, you know, if things work out they'll be a contender rather than they are a contender right now. I I think that's it. Yeah. And I th- yeah, I think it's a shame. Did,
1: did anything come out about why um why he didn't stay at Toronto? Did they not want him anymore?
0: Yeah, because he wasn't. He just wasn't doing anything. He couldn't do it at the end. He couldn't keep up with them. Basically, they had yeah, him on. They had him on the first line out of the gate, didn't they? And he looked great because obviously he's playing with fucking Marner and Matthews, and so he looked awesome. And then just as as the season went on, he just went further down and further down and further down the list. And then at the end, he's you know like doing eight, seven, eight minutes here or there. And yeah, he's a great guy, but. <sighs> I've I've heard this said before. Like it, it you need great guys in the room, but you also need great guys who can play, and play the way you need them to play. And unfortunately, at the end, I don't think Jumbo could, which is really sad, really sad. But there you go.
1: Yeah, I think I think, I think this is this
0: is Jumbo's last season
1: before, before he will probably do a season or however many he wants to a uh, uh, Devo, would
0: yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine him doing that, like he's... like Jager does. Just yeah, I'll just go and play over there, and just because he lives in Switzerland for like the off season, doesn't he? Because his wife's from there. So
1: I think yeah, I think he's he was going to retire out there anyway. Yeah. So
0: why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, Jason Dickinson gets three years at two point six five, helping the Vancouver Canucks oh. cap situation, which Vancouver Canucks fans <laughs> were very, very graciously informed me was that i had it wrong so (laughs) it's my own fault i should never have engaged with canucks twitter i should have learned my lesson that is squarely on me for getting shouted out the way i did for not being a fucking capologist exactly what you deserve (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, actually they've got michael furland on ltir therefore they've got cap okay all right okay okay fine so yes. yes.
1: even if you've got Michael Fernand on LTIR, like it still doesn't change the fact that your your GM's fucking it up at every given opportunity.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. My point, my initial point was they've signed Jason Dickinson to this contract. Like McCarr, Jones, Rorensky, Hamilton, all got around nine million or even more than nine million. So now they've got, and my point was they've got ten and a half million to sign Hughes and Pettersson. I was then, like I say. Uh, beautifully corrected by the Canucks Twitter that because of Furland they actually have around fourteen million, or fourteen and a bit. My point still stands though. All those D-men made nine million. So and and the important ones, McCar and
1: Haskinen, who are by by every measure Quinn Hughes's contemporaries,
0: Macar especially. Exactly. One so made eight point four five. One got nine.
1: In what bizarre world is Jim Benning, of all people, going to convince Quinn Hughes that he's not worth the same amount of money as Cale McCarr? Like, I think McCarr is the better D-man, obviously. But Hughes still has enough of a resume to make the point of, like, look, if every man and his dog's getting fucking nine, nine million at the moment, even players my age and with my reputation... He shouldn't be taking less than nine million, I, or at least enough of a chunk that it's going to be a problem to re-sign Patterson.
0: Yes, and this is what I've mentioned before as well. They both have the same agent. That agent, I'm, I'm convinced that agent can't go to Elias person Yeah, I've got you. Uh, I've got you three by seven, and then like Quinn Hughes' contract comes out, it's like eight by nine. <laughs> person's like you, motherfucker. <laughs> so like, there's pressure on the agent as well to try and get them the same deal. So I mean, I, I guess it will happen because I just like like these things always get sorted out in some way, don't they? They just do. Mm. But it's going to take up every single last penny of the Canucks' cap space, I reckon, to get these two players signed. Say they have got forty million. Well, right, that's it then. They're both getting. Yeah. 40. Yeah. What is it? Six? No. Yes, yeah, seven. Seven each, seven each for like two years or something.
1: But then the problem with that. Um... So, okay, this is going to be me mostly talking out my arse with hardly understood aspects of the cap, but it's my understanding that with LTIR, the the premium way to use it is to actually have your injured player not on injured reserve on the first day of the season. I know Jim Nill's done that with like Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan last year because my understanding is... If you put a player on injured reserve after the start of the season, you get all of that money to 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 use as as relief space, yeah. So, say all three and a half million of Michael okay. uh Michael Furland's cap here. Yeah. Whereas if you put it on, if you put him on injured reserve before the start of the season, then you only get. Whatever space you need to be at eighty one point five on the start of the on the first day of the season. Okay, fair enough. So it's like it's like the Furlong contract kind of gets wiped. Do you know what I mean? Like I I might not be explaining this very well, but yeah, say say you put him on, and then the uh, the Canucks go up to what it'll be fourteen point one six, so fourteen mil. Let's call it. That's still only fourteen mil. Yeah, which isn't a lot to start with. And say in some mad world you sign both Hughes and Petterson to like one year at six million each or whatever it might be, any any excess from that Furland deal just disappears. So unless you're gonna go into the first game of the season without signing Peterson and Hughes and then put Furland on, and it just it just removes an element of flexibility. So like yes, you can get that fourteen million, but then you might as well use it all.
0: Right. Which okay. Which still,
1: as we've covered, fucking seven million a year for for each of those players is is a bargain that I do not trust Jim Penning to fucking pull off. No.
0: Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. Well, I'm sure Canucks Twitter will <laughs> let us know if we're wrong or not. Well, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Uh, that, that's it it's not Jason Dickinson's fault and of course not 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 the best like it only further feeds in to the issues that Vancouver Canucks fans should be fucking worried about Dickinson is a perfectly fine two-way player he's a good NHL player if you he's better than a lot of players who are playing in the NHL right now a lot of players who are you know, arguably paid a lot more than he is still doesn't change the fact that he is overpaid for that, that price. I'd I'd want him at like two. Do you know what I mean? Because he hasn't he hasn't proven that he's got that offense. Yeah, he's played up and down the lineup, but he hasn't produced the offense from it. He's just a utility player, and you shouldn't really be paying your utility players two point six five million, especially when you don't have a lot of space around anyway.
0: I guess we'll see.
1: We, we will see. We will see.
0: Adam Ernie gets two years at 2.1. Pfft. This isn't... That, that's a...
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely on this. He's a mid-20s NHL player. He must be worth
0: $2 million. All, all, right, all we ever heard up and, like during the pandemic and everything, all we heard was about, you know, those players who make 2 to 4000000 million, you're not going to see them anymore. They're not going to be there. It's going to be like guys who make 6 or 7 and then a bunch of guys making $1. How many players in this offseason have got contracts for like two point one to or two million to like three and a half million? I was like, I thought for these players for no were, reason. Like, at yeah, all. for no reason, for no reason. He's a player I've heard of. He must be worth at least two million. It's like, it's like the um, the base salary now is like two million, and I, we're in some kind of weird time warp or something or some weird portal where the cap has changed completely and now the base salary is two million. Because there's just a ton of players getting these kinds of deals and we're just sat there scratching, Jason Dickinson case in point, we're just sat there scratching our heads thinking, that seems a bit much.
1: But then saying that... It's it's like there's been a weird a weird bleed over from an alternate reality. Yes. Where uh, yeah, where the, where the, the cap's like 160 mil. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, you have to pay all your players at least 2 mil. Yeah. The bang average defenseman are getting 9 mil a season. All right, cool, yeah, that makes sense to me. But yeah, the only bit that hasn't bled over is all the fucking money.
0: Yes. Kevin Fiala gets his, uh, gets one year at 5.1 million. I did like I did like Bill Guerin's uh, little press blurb after. Yeah, we wanted to do it for a bit longer, but things just didn't work out that way. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why, Bill. Is it because you're looking at next year's buyout and going, oh my God, <laughs> like that. And maybe Fiala is yeah, as well. F-
1: Fiala's going to go from five mil this year to like one and a half next year. Just being like, <laughs> like, like, like he's a, like he's thirty eight and a, and a club legend. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll just do we'll just do one years for you, Kevin, here on out. I think I I like it as a deal. Like if you do, again, if you take it in a vacuum. Oh yeah, of course. Ignore the team. It's for and great, great, great cap and a great term for a for a player who, who has shown that he can produce at this level, but maybe isn't as consistent as you'd want to invest in someone. But I also think this is the last year that Kevin Fiala will be wearing a Minnesota Wild jersey. I think you might be right. I think unless there's... That's it. I mean, Vic- Victor Ross comes off after this year, so you can just make him a 9.1 million
0: player off the, off the hop. Depending on what Kaprizov gets, of course. Oh, my God. Oh my god. I keep forgetting about him. Yeah. They love a dude, they love Jordan Greenway as well in Minnesota. He needs a deal next year. Yeah. He's currently side. A lot of people saying he's gonna be gonna be real good. Yeah. So okay. Hey, maybe maybe Minnesota's gonna (laughs) be that first team that actually lives that um that experiment. We've got a bunch of guys making... We've got like six or seven guys making six or seven million, and then we've got everyone else making 750 grand. Maybe they're going to be one of the first ones to do it. Uh, No, I think they're going to do the inverse of that, and they're going to have a bunch
1: of guys who aren't playing for them making six or seven million (laughs) on their buyouts, and then they're going to field uh, three lines and two D pairs where everyone's making 750
0: grand. (laughs) Uh and then the the most recent one is uh, UC Saros. I think it's a great deal for the for Nashville. Four years at five million. I think that's a great deal for the Preds.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like you UC Saros, like it, so the obvious comparison is the thatcher Demko deal. Uh is it the same term and money if memory serves? The difference for me is UC Saros has got a longer track record than than uh than Thatcher Demco, which funnily enough Probably means that he's worth a bit more and you know, actually worth the contracts. I think that's perfect. He's young enough for a goalie, what 26. He's shown what his lowest full season he's had is what 914, which, uh, in my mind, still pretty good for a goalie, really. Yeah, I think that's a lovely little deal. Lovely little deal.
0: A guy who finished, uh, where did he finish in the HRJ Awards? I think fifth or sixth. So Third, yeah, close enough. Close enough. So good enough to get plenty of votes in that as well. So yeah, great deal. I think it's a, yeah, the Preds have done well. All right. I
1: I like that Predator's um Goldie Tag then. Soros and Rick for six point two five combined.
0: Oh i yeah, gotcha, fantastic. What's not, what's not like, what's not so like about that? I'm just looking yeah, it's just the <laughs> again, it's just the forwards. <laughs> I just saying, <laughs> no, it's just the rest of it, yeah. I don't mind their D. I like I like their D. I think the D's decent enough. I think they've got two decent top end guys, two decent like middle guys, and then two decent bottom end guys. I and two good goalies. It's just, yeah, they uh, all the stuff up front like we talk about all the time, apart from Philip Forsberg. That's that's and I like Granland, he's okay, but yeah, we'll not do the fucking Preds again. I'm sure they'll be on our most likely to disappoint preview list, as as they have been for the past like three. Oh, without years. a doubt. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Will messaged me about out of the blue about when was this? Three months ago, something like that. In the middle, it was during the season, anyway. And Are we not going to do the uh, the the news before we get into this? What was the news? The ads. Dude, we haven't done the ads. I haven't done the ads with you for like months. No, no, no. I mean, um,
1: ads on jerseys,
0: you tit. Oh, ads on jerseys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they went out ads. <laughs> no, ads on jerseys.
0: Well, I was... Uh... Okay, well, yeah. If you have a blistering... I'm kind of
1: with you. Like... If you have a blistering nah. hot take,
0: please be my guest.
1: Ab- absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's fucking whatever yeah what would you expect my my, my blistering' take is th- the fear that people have is like oh this is going to open open the floodgates I'm going to end up looking like a fucking finished third third league team with McDonald's all over our shorts. fucking who gives a shit? who gives a fucking shit if if an abundance of advertisement on the n h l jerseys is going to hinder your ability to enjoy top level ice hockey see a therapist like that's just fucking yeah okay capitalism's bad but it's fucking here to stay so whatever don't don't let the bastards win by not watching because because he got a fucking McDonald's donald's logo on the hab's jersey
0: you know who doesn't care the players who currently owe the owners about a billion dollars i'm not going to bother going into why or how but they do and it's out there you can read it if you want to it's fucking crazy I bet players are praying. And nine
1: hundred and eighty million, million of that is from Evander
0: Kane, because <laughs> <laughs> he took the Vegas deal and put it all on red, <laughs> and it came out black. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, and then he then he bought a house from Tom Dundon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out! Yeah, shout out to the Hurricanes franchise being fun and happy in the Tom Dundon sat in the background counting his money like Scrooge McDuck for being evil, <laughs> allegedly.
1: throwing sacks of of silver dollars to Tony D'Angelo out the window.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the players players don't give a shit. They're like, yes, get as much sponsorship in here as possible. Get as much money in here as possible. Because what else are we going to do? Like Will said, if you're watching fucking Euro 2nd division Ice Hockey and you're bothered by the shirts. Well, that's probably more because you're watching Euro second division ice hockey. It's not because you're watching elite players do elite things. I don't think when I get to a point where it's completely nuts because even like footy is the most cash grabbing money grabbing me, 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 me sport in the world. And even they haven't done that. At least like on footy shirts, it's one sponsor and that's it. And then you can have like a little sponsor on your sleeve but then they'll get around it, so they'll have like sponsorships for the tracksuits they wear, or the sponsorships when they're training, or and then you can get around it in ways like that. I don't care about that either. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, if you're going to stop watching ice hockey because, as Will said, fucking Halfords have got a sponsor on someone's fucking arse, who gives a shit? Halfords? <laughs> Half- <laughs> Do you know what I was trying to think of? <laughs> Something doesn't translate and I thought of Halfords. <laughs> if, it, if, if the NHL bring in, like,
1: I mean, internationally, at least, niche British sponsors... Fucking quick fit, sponsoring the Toronto (laughs) Maple
0: Leafs.
1: (laughs) Bet365, sponsoring the Bruins.
0: Dude, okay, yeah. Now, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Now that gambling is going to be allowed, and even like single game gambling, which I still find insane because of the country we live in, where gambling is fucking everywhere, and you can do it anywhere at any time on any sport on the planet, and still in Canada, like, hey, we can gamble on games now. I'm thinking... Couldn't you do that forever? I guess not. Like, if gambling gets in in this serious way, then watch out because there is gambling sponsors fucking everywhere in football, everywhere.
1: M- ma- mental, um, mental gambling sponsors you've never even heard of. Yes, like, are there any teams that are sponsored by William Hill and Ladbrokes? No, it's a like Mansion Bet and like that. What's that one that? Are they sponsored Southampton, like called like the fuck or something like, that, or the Bet, or
0: in it, yeah, it's like, DaBet. There's one. Who's what? Who's, who's the sponsor? Dabbet. Newcastle. But yeah, that's the thing. All these little crappy like, kind of yeah. offshoot jersey-based um, betting companies are, are going to start sponsoring everything in ice hockey because that's what happened in footy. The spon- there's gambling sponsors everywhere. I think half the teams in the Premiership have have like gambling sponsors. A gambling websites as their main sponsorship on their logo. Uh, their main sponsor is either gambling on their sponsors
1: shirt. or or, um, or airlines, isn't it? Yeah,
0: that's all it is. So, yeah, be prepared for that. The more gambling comes in, the more you're going to see gambling sponsorships on the ice, on jerseys, and, and the league should do it. A little, uh, a little cheeky bet three six five on the other side of the shorts, maybe, or something up the up the socks, or maybe something on the skates. There you go. Skate sponsorships. That's what'll be next.
1: Just to go back to something you said a minute ago, I think they're. Worry is not the right word because, as we just explained, like, who gives a fucking shit? But fans should anticipate more sponsors on NHL jerseys and kits than they should do on, you know, using top tier, top flight football. As a comparison for how much advertising is going to take over the jerseys in hockey, is is not apples to apples. I don't think. No, you're right. The difference is as as much as footy is is massive money grabbing. They love love a bit of money. They don't fucking need the money like these poor poor fuckers in the NHL do. <laughs> Are you are you telling me are you telling me that the mm. second you're so true the second Batman is like like lifts the lifts the, even pops the cap on on unlimited advertisement the Ottawa Senators aren't coming out <laughs> with fucking yeah
0: every every inch of their jerseys covered we've decided to uh, a statement from Pierre Dorian. We've decided to reduce our logo on the, the crest, the logo of the Ottawa Centres down by 99%. And we're going to put it on the inside of the right shoulder, and then the rest of it can just be used like a fucking Formula 1 driver, just covered head to toe in everything.
1: <laughs> it's going to be like a Simpsons bit. He's going to rent out ad space on the fucking visors on the helmets. <laughs> like, Please, Eugene, we can't see
0: I was gonna say, <laughs> <I'm crashing laughs> fucking, fucking Tim, Stutz, Tim Stutzler. I can't see. I've, oh my god! <laughs> I've got this Jack in the Box logo on my visor. Leave it down. They're paying for this.
1: <laughs> like those, um, was it Huddersfield who did the uh, the Paddy Power prank where like ninety percent of the shirt was covered in a Paddy Power, yeah, Paddy Power logo, yeah. Oh, yeah, the oh more
0: God. the more gambling comes into your sport, ladies and gentlemen, the more gambling sponsorships you're gonna see. It just becomes a circle of death, basically. The the more gambling that is there, the more gambling will then be there because it just ends up feeding into itself. So be ready folks. Just,
1: just a ready. quick Just a quick last thing on this, because I've I've got the list of Premiership shirt sponsors for this, this season. It's such a bizarre Bizarre combination of companies that like you've never heard of. I just do. So you got uh, the Emirates, yeah. You know, okay, fair enough. But I would argue that nobody had heard of Emirates Airlines until they started sponsoring football football shirts. Uh, kazoo is that the car people? No idea what Kazoo uh, is. American Express. I think it's the car. I think it's like second hand. It's like auto trader, the new auto trader sort of thing. Oh okay. Uh, American American Express. Okay, I've heard of American Express. Uh, love bet fucking never of them three the mobile company feel like they're a bit uh, on the outside looking in now w88 I assume that's a betting company uh corkazoo again bet victor s s -S b o t o p s -S 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 spot top I don't fucking know the tourism authority of Thailand fucking so what is going on Standard Chartered, Etihad Airways, Team Viewer, like fucking oh Zoom is sponsoring Man United. Fun88, is that a betting site or a porn site? Who knows? Who knows? Union Standard Group, Sportsbet.io, AIA. Mm. Oh, hats off to West Brom for being being sponsored by Ideal Boilers. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: <laughs> God, you're talking. Fucking, I was joking with Alfreds as well. Fucking hell, Ideal Mate, Boilers. Isn't it, like,
1: fred fred's ideal boilers uh then then bet betway sponsoring uh west Ham, and a uh, man bet x doing wolves because you know birds aren't allowed to bet at man bet x it's is that that one unlike fun 88 is is openly a combination of betting and porn you can bet on porn at man man bet x yeah.
0: it's a it's a thing of beauty <laughs> ideal boilers Canadians or Americans, if if you're ever talking to somebody who says that the Premier League is the best league in the world, as in sporting wise, just say to them, how can it be when one of your team's main sponsors is a boiler company? (laughs) Because that should just shut them right up. I don't need to
1: show off, but my roller hockey team is sponsored by a boiler company as well. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Out,
0: You're the same level as West Brom, which, to be fair, I could have guessed before you even told me the sponsorships. Will I would have believed that your roller team had the same level of notoriety <laughs> as West Bromwich Albion.
1: We we have we have the same revenue as uh, as West Brom. <laughs> yeah.
0: Albion. So yeah, so that's what you can look forward to in the NHL. This is the yeah, like Will said, the Premier League and all their cash grabbing and money grabbing. It's not like they're sponsored by Apple and Sony or fucking Samsung or I don't know fucking whoever like Ferrari. No, it's whichever greasy company can get the most money to them immediately. So, dude, I do mate. I need, I need I expect, um, just to keep it relevant, I expect sort of Taliban tourism to be plastered all over the senator's jerseys any day now <laughs> just for the money, just for the money, dude. Oh my god, wasn't there? This is going to be this is going to be uh, terrifying to NHL fans. Learning these things, wasn't there some guy from Saudi Arabia who'd been accused of like war crimes or was trying to buy Newcastle? Wasn't he like some kind of like really really bad Arabian prince or something who'd done some evil shit? No, he 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 did buy Newcastle. Has he? Did he buy? Them? I don't think he bought them in the end.
1: Yeah, he did. And then he bought Sports Direct. And then he bought Debenhams. Uh, oh, okay. How's the Fraser, sorry, I mean? How's the Fraser? Uh, and his name's Mike Ashley. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: There you, go. You, you enjoy that. But yeah, that's just how um, it goes. Well, I, I don't know uh, off the top of my head, but I, I believe it. I 100% believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're going to for NHL, folks. Dirty money. Dirty money. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal boilers, for fuck's sake. That's literally dirty <laughs> money because they work on boilers.
1: A, a, a boilers notoriously dirty?
0: Well, they're not clean, are they? Like, there might be like dust around there, cobwebs, all that kind of shit. They must get. They're just in a cupboard, okay. aren't they, for like ten years until they go wrong. So they must be a little bit dirty. Yeah, but I'd imagine. So okay, I'd
1: imagine. <laughs> so dumb. I love it. <laughs> um, I'd argue that a boiler man. <laughs> yeah. Say you work for Ideal Boilers, of you're course, probably yeah. the world's cleaner on the average day. <laughs> the, the world's premier boiler company. Go on. That's why they're sponsoring the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. It's the Premier League of advertisement. I'd wager that you are cleaner on a given day. If you work for ideal boilers than if you work for Quickfit. Quick fit, say.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. I can I can go with that.
1: Yeah. They're probably the dirtiest shirt sponsor in the in the prem. Depending on what spot up spot up do. Of course it is sports. It's just this fucking gambling thing. Of course it fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> what about if you work for work for any of the airlines though? Depending on what you do, you could. I reckon.
0: I reckon if you if you're fueling up planes, you probably get more dirty than a boiler man does. Nah, no way. Not fueling them up. It's all. It's like all automated and careful. You have to be careful now. Don't you? there's so many regulations, dude, in air travel. It's like super. Yeah, but. It has to be super clean, yeah, tidy, can... careful. Like paperwork, everything has to be properly checked and double checked and triple checked and.
1: Yeah, even if you're just a geezer going up on the ladder.
0: If right, Shot if it, you're making, it, if it, you're it. making a, if you're making a big mess refueling the plane, I ain't fucking getting on that plane because I'll be fucking terrified of it conking out halfway through. <laughs> Where's all the fuel? It's all over that guy down there. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Look at him; he's filthy. No, I want a nice, clean guy refueling <laughs> my
1: plane. Thank you. Oh mate, I've had a, I've had a nightmare refueling a plane.
0: I better have a fag to uh,
1: <laughs> to calm my nerves. Calm nerves.
0: Where's that plane gone? It took off. Oh well, <laughs> shit. Okay then.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just like burning like a Buddhist monk. On the one <laughs> <Yeah>. way.
0: <laughs> Christ. Oh, dearie, deary me, deary me. So yeah, the TLDR of that is ads expect more of the million HL because they need the cash. There you go. (laughs) They're here to stay. Of course. All right, then. Okay, so as I said before, you messaged me out of the blue about three or four months ago during the season saying that you think that Mariola Mew's number should be retired league-wide a la Wayne Gretzky's. So if you want to present this to the people right now, your opening statement, shall we say, then you have the floor, sir. (sighs)
1: <sighs> opening statement. See, I I think for me this is a topic that's pretty open and shut. Do you know what I mean? Like it's this is this is a um, an unwritten law anyway. Do you know what I mean? All all due respect to Josh Hosang and what thirty games of TJ Brody. Nobody has worn it since Mario's retired because it's Mario. And I think when you can, if you're going to start retiring anyone's jersey league-wide, you know, you've, you've done it for Wayne. I I, I accept that you don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far and start retiring, like, Eric Lindros's number or fucking Conor David or whatever, you know, like, Sid. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they'd do it for Sid. Point being, Mario... Mario is in such an upper echelon of skill, talent, longevity, cult status, utter hero in the the National Hockey League, combined with the uniqueness of his jersey number, that I think
0: the argument should be made that it should be retired. While I don't disagree in principle with my learned friend's idea, here is why: a every
1: every time you bring out that my learned friend, ah, excellent, it's going
0: to get nasty. <laughs> every time I bring up my learned friend, you know it's time to start like giving you jackets and misses and you know like taking your rings off, ready because <laughs> it's yeah, we're, we're, the, the mud's about to get about yeah. to get slung. Yeah, here's why it won't work, and here's why it can't work. If you start Actually, here's my opening statement. First off (laughs) first off, I don't like retiring numbers anyway. I appreciate the sentiment of it and I'd even I even wouldn't hate the fact if you retired a player's jersey to the rafters but then people could still wear that number, because I still think the idea is, is like you're retiring that jersey of that player. It's it's almost you know that it, because you can't have that player um, frozen in time in the rafters. You have his jersey there, but then I think to say that nobody now can wear this jersey, I, I've never liked that in American sports. I don't think it's a good idea. I prefer. The footy version, which is, wow, this guy wore this number and now we're going to give that number to this guy because we believe he's now earned this number. For example, the Man United number seven, Cantona, Beckham, Best, just like others. Liverpool's number nine, like the Arsenal number 10. like These numbers have significance and it means something. It's like a passing of the torch. So, for example, you want it like the Penguins, obviously, you know, obviously 66 is up in the rafters. Yeah. If another guy comes along who they think is awesome and they want to say you can wear 66, I think that's fine. I don't think it's an issue. Um, That's just my personal take on that. But if you retire Mario's number league-wide, you have to then retire Bobby Orr's number league-wide. And then, in my opinion, you also then have to retire Hashek's number for goalies league-wide. And... Wait, hang on. Ask ask it, listen, right? Okay. Say to anybody, who are the three best hockey players ever? They always pick Gretzky, Lemieux, and Orr. Everybody does. It's known. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the list. If you agree with that list or not, fine. But the majority, 95% of people would say, yeah, those three players. They all redefined their positions, they all played a certain way, they all tore up the league. And so for me, same for Hashek. Hashek's out on his own. Somebody put a start up the other day. When Hashek had his first 930 save percentage season, the league average was 895. And at what and what did we say when we did when we drafted our European team, nobody, nobody Talked about any other two players apart from Hashek and Lidstrom. Nobody. Not Jager, not Ovi, not Stasny, not Forsberg. Nobody. It was all about Hashek and Lidstrom. You had one, I had the other. And that's what people argued about. No way, this guy's got Hashek, forget it. No, but this guy's got Lidstrom, forget it. That was it. So then you could also make the argument well, hang on a minute. If you're a retiring Mario and then Bobby Orr, Why can't you then retire Lidstrom if he's that like significant and that important and that amazing? And then the issue then becomes if you go down to the next level. So, like, if I said to you, okay, you retire Gretzky's number, but you should probably retire Lidstrom's as well. You'd be like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. But then if I say, okay, so the gap between Wayne and Mario, then it's Mario to Bobby Orr. Then it's all to like hashek then hashek to lidstrom and then you start getting further and further and further down and that's why I think you can't do it
1: so my my point there with with your your argument about or and lidstrom they well they were four and five respectively yeah though those aren't their numbers do you know what I mean if someone someone says to you you know number five yeah, you might think of Lidstrom, but you're probably also going to think of a thousand other players who have worn five and been great in five. Say so even more so with four. Four, you can think of you've got or you've got Scott Stevens, uh, yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Four and five, and same for, same for Gordy Howe, same for people who have worn the ten, like uh, Rocket Richard, like those numbers, as much as they are synonymous with the player, they are not exclusively synonymous with the player, a 66 and 99. To your point about Dominic Hasek, Dan, what what is that? What what was Dominic Hasek's number? Don't look, don't look it up. What, what was his number?
0: <laughs> I hate when you do this.
1: Oh. Why? what?
0: Case, case wore, in point. Okay, I, no, no. I don't I don't know. I don't know. He mostly wore th- I know he mostly wore 39, but I think he wore a different number for somebody else. Did he? Okay, all right.
1: The fact that 39... Yeah, it looks like it was 39... Yeah, 39 was the number. The fact, the fact that you didn't know that off the top of your head, and I sure as hell didn't know it, shows... All right, yeah, fair play. A lot of people might have known it, but 39 ain't Hasek's number. You think of you think of Hasek the player, absolutely incredible player. You can't deny it, but he's not synonymous with a number in a way that Gretzky and Mario are. I will concede the argument that that is a manufactured synonym, if that's a word. You know what I mean? Like the only reason we we herald the '99 and the '66 in such a way is because they have been artificially uh othered, put on a pedestal. W Gretzky's because he was retired, uh Lemieux's because it's been unofficially retired, you know, by effectively by the NHLPA. Um, I still I still think uh Josh O'Sang's uh, lack of an NHL career thus far is because he wore 66 for two consecutive seasons, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and I think the other thing is like it's I'm kind of with you on the idea of retiring jersey numbers. I I tolerate it in the NHL for select players, but I think it's a slippery slope. I sure as fuck don't want to see it in football, where it's not an already established uh an already established that's the word a tradition, whatever you wanna whatever you wanna call it. Problem being, it's already happened. And and yeah, I d I don't want to get to a point where like like most teams in the league, you, know, you can't win number nine in most teams in the league because everyone's had a half decent number nine at some point and decided to retire the jersey. But once you've already set that precedent with Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux is of such a such a stature. All due respect to Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr, fantastic, game changing player. But Lemieux and Gretzky are so far above
0: the rest of the competition. That if you've done one, you have to do the other. But that's my point, though. My point is, if you're saying that Lemieux should have his number retired, then Bobby Orr absolutely should. He reinvented... But but it comes back to the identifiability of the number. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But he reinvented the position completely. And there was nobody like him before, and not many like him since, who had the same... And he did did exactly what Mario did. He reinvented that position. He played it in a way that nobody had seen before. He danced around everybody. He won every fucking award. He won team awards, individuals, all that stuff. And if you're going to retire Mario, you can't then not retire who everybody considers to be the best defenseman ever, and the third best player ever, you can't not because then because to me that just that's ridiculous, and that's my I issue. Think if we were, is because if if you're retiring, and here's the thing: they should have never retired Gretzky's number in the first place. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. Said, yes, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, if you want to, and here's it: like there's too there's too much kind of. Well, he can't wear that because he might think he's Gretzky. No, he probably doesn't think he's Gretzky because he's just wearing the number. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand. And if that player, if that player wants to put himself on an island and wear ninety nine, let him. Maybe he sinks. Maybe he swims. If he sinks, well, he's gonna feel like a fucking idiot. And maybe players wouldn't because they'd be too scared. But I think the idea of, like, like I said, you, you can't retire a Muse number and then not retire Bobby Orr's number. You have to. If it's only those three if it's only those three. They do panels together and everything because everyone says. And here's the here's the other issue as well. They do all these panels together. Every time there's an award ceremony, the NHL is 110 years old, NHL is 125 years old, NHL does whatever. They're going to trot those three out and it's going to be like, well, why hasn't he got his number retired? If they're the three best players ever, why is that guy in the end not got his number league wide retired and those two have? I don't get it. And it it looks still. The, the problem,
1: I I think the problem is the moment's passed for Bobby Orr. It's it's too late. It's too late. They should have done it in 1980 if they were going to do it, but they didn't. So on on life goes. You've had 354 individual players wearing the number four since the 50s. In the season after Bobby Orr retired, every team in the league had a number four on the roster. Do you know what I mean? The season after Gretzky retired. Is Gretzky the only Gretzky's one of like three who have ever won ninety nine?
0: But I think that's I think that's you know, I, I mean, think that's maybe a time thing. I think it's like a time I can imagine at the time people watched other defensemen and thought, well, one of these will be the next Bobby Orr. And then they just never No, they weren't. Or, or not even a player wearing number four, but like a defenseman who wore number four. Like why are you wearing that? Oh, Bobby Orr's my favourite player. Okay, cool. And then I think people, yeah, which is
1: which is where I'm making the point that it is a manufactured. Oh yeah, re- I agree. Reverence. For the I, I agree. I agree with that. But like, but but my when we're trying to when we're trying to separate all from Gretzky and Lemieux, the last player apart from Wayne Gretzky to wear 99 did so in 1982. You know what I mean? Like this is. That's and last last player who who was sixty six where where have I got it who wasn't yeah sixty six is a bit different but for apart from Brody and Hosang the last player to wear sixty six was in nineteen ninety two again you had you had over a decade fourteen and seventeen years respectively of these players carrying on and nobody wearing wearing their number meanwhile while Bobby Orr was playing. Every man and his dog was wearing number four, which is the If if Bobby Orr had worn fifty one or worn or 44 even whatever, a number that was more individual for himself, yeah, I'd I'd absolutely entertain the argument. But the fact is, number four is not Bobby Orr's.
0: Number sixty six is Mario Lemuse. Again, I don't I don't disagree with you, but like you keep Excellent. mentioning. <laughs> it's a manufactured thing that I, I get what he's like. Yeah. The league maybe should have, I don't know, said, so. I don't know. <laughs> Dunton or said something, but I think if you look at, like I said, after Bobby Orr couldn't play anymore, I don't think people were looking at defensemen going, well, they'll never be born like him ever again. So it doesn't matter. We'll just keep wearing number four. They did that with Gretzky and Mario, obviously, because they were so good. And maybe it's because maybe, hey, maybe it's the uh, the forward bias again. Maybe defensemen don't get enough mm. love, as we know. Maybe it, that's the case. But I think for those three players, especially, you, they always trot them all out together. And if you're going to do Mario, then you have to do the other one because it looks insane to have. Well, these are the three best players ever, and no one's ever come close, <laughs> really. <laughs> well, why is that guy the only guy without his number? You know. And I, I agree with what you're saying. It's not. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like Mario's number, you know, it's 66. And I completely believe that players are like, I'm not wearing 66. Are you fucking mad? But then I think because Bob because number four got warned straight away, and nobody ever thought, well, we're never going to see this ever again, probably, which we haven't, apart from maybe Lidstrom, who's like that, that dominant of a defenseman. I don't think people had it in their head straight away. Oh, shit, we're never going to get this ever again. A defenseman like this ever again. So we should probably, you know, not wear it. I think people just thought, I can do that. <laughs> we got a guy who can do that. This this, and
1: it's Yeah, okay, I appreciate that. But in, in the year of our Lord 2021, we understand we ain't getting Bobby Orr again. And yet 16 different teams in the National Hockey League had a registered number four this
0: season. Yeah, but so that's the one I'm not... saying though, because because it didn't happen straight away, like you said before, because it didn't happen straight away, it just became like, uh, oh, it doesn't matter, when it probably should have mattered. And well, it does matter. It, you know It probably should have been a thing. Whereas Mario and Wayne were so dominant and nobody thought there'd never be another one like that. And let's be honest, like, McDavid's, on his way there and like I know this is going to turn into the thing but like somebody like Crosby or Ovechkin like are we going to retire number 8 if Ovechkin beats Gretzky's record league wide definitely not exactly (laughs) don't you think they should though like if there's a reason ever to retire a number if you are the highest goal scorer in history wouldn't you think that would be enough to get your number retired and they're not going to
1: yeah, I I I I appreciate that, but it's, it's a different conversation, isn't it? But Ovechkin isn't Mario. He's not Bobby Orr. He's not. He's fantastic.
0: But no, but you could say he's a better goal scorer than all of them. If he breaks the record, I mean, you, he will you, be. You 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 may you may be good. Yeah, you may be good. Um, but yeah, you
1: you can't you can't do it for Ovi because he wears number eight, and like as much as oh, he's the great eight. He's not the only eight. You know what I mean? But then
0: going back did, to your point I about, think, like, that's his I did, I number, did. the number eight, he's called the Great Eight. Like, that's literally his nickname. Mario's not called Mr. 66. Maybe he was in some places, but do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if you're going to retire a number league wide, <laughs> why do you retire the number of the guy who's nicknamed after his number? <laughs> like, it's the Great Eight. Why can't you retire eight? You totally could. You totally
1: I, could. I think you would be far more likely uh, to see 87 in the rafters league-wide than you would four.
0: But that, okay, but that was kind of like, back to my opening point, that was kind of my point. Like, once you start going down that road, it just, I'm not saying that Mario is like way lesser than Gretzky. But Gretzky's number retired league-wide. You retire Mario's league-wide. It just dilutes it just enough, just a little bit. That then I'm thinking, yeah. and other people think the same as me. Well, maybe maybe you don't have to do Bobby yours. Maybe other people think it's crazy. I'm not saying you know I'm not saying it absolutely. You know that's it. But in my brain, I was like straight away. Well, you got to retire Bobby yours then, and then it just dilutes it just a little bit more. And just a bit more, and a bit more, and a bit more. And then you get to a situation where I'm going, well, hang on a minute. If, if Ovi breaks Gretzky's goal-scoring record, why the hell isn't that retired league-wide? He's the greatest goal-scorer in history. Why? And then if that's retired you can't then have Crosby's not retired as well. Because now you're like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> this guy won three cups and blah, blah, blah. He won three kips. Chris Kunitz won four cups. Hang on a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, just
1: the 14 in the rafters.
0: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and he just, it, just, it just starts yeah, yeah, down yeah, yeah. just a bit more and
1: a bit more and a bit more. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, it's, it's a slippery slope, but we're already fucking there. We've already, we've broken that seal. Much akin to NHL to ads on jerseys, we've broken the seal. It's fucking over, Do you know. And and I, t- yeah, I, I haven't I haven't got much more of an argument to make because what else is there to say?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. The issue it's, is, it's,
1: it's, it's there's not enough numbers.
0: The issue is, there's not enough numbers. They should go to if if hockey jerseys went to 999, fucking retire as many as you want. But like, I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about like the Bruins. I think they've currently got 11 like players with numbers up there. But Krejci's going to go up there. Marshan's going up there. Bergeron's going up there. I would assume... Oh,
1: fucking
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, but dude, they will.
1: Oh, all, all, all due respect to David Krejci, but what's David Krejci doing in the
0: fucking rafters? Dude, he's been there the exact same amount of time as... Well, not the next, but he's had all the success of Marchand, Bergeron, Chara, Rask... Like those guys, he's in that, he's that team. He's that group who went to three cup finals in the modern era. Like, if you don't think their numbers are getting retired, you're like, they absolutely will. And I'm thinking like, well, hang on a minute. I'm thinking, cause I'm thinking like, well, what's going to happen in like, I won't be here to see it, but in 50 years, like say the Habs go on another dynasty type run. The Habs have got 15. and like, what if they go on some kind of like, <laughs> like three cups in 12 years or something? Do you know what I mean? And there's like there's like five or six guys who were there for all of them. Now they've got like twenty numbers up there. You're gonna start running out of numbers. Like, what do we do? here? it's getting a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm 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 absolutely with you. I'm absolutely like it's already an epidemic. I'm trying I'm trying to get up. Um, absolutely. Here we go. Is this it? Am oh, I fucking absolutely failing at hockey reference here? But I know for a fact. That the Montreal Canadiens have an offensive amount of numbers retired.
0: I'm sure it's fifteen. I'm sure it's fifteen. Something
1: like that. Or yeah, 16. I know the
0: the um, the the
1: Maple Leafs are, are very similar as well. It's it's an epidemic already.
0: Yeah, it's a slippery slope.
1: So it's yeah, it's the argument of well, we're already there. It's it's Mario. It's Mario. I'm not. I'm not making the argument for Marcel Dion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making
0: the argument for f- fucking, fucking Mario's abuse. Do you know what the issue is as well? And all jokes aside, all jokes aside, is that it's kind of arbitrary why you get your number taken up there. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, again, not a thing, but like Luongo in Florida. Okay, if you'd make the argument he was really good there, like one of the best in the world for like four years, that's great. But then you're going to go somewhere like Montreal And go. Why is that? If you're if you're like a non fan, why is that number retired? Or he won seven cups. Did he? Jesus Christ, that's amazing. And you go on to Florida. Why is his number up there? He was really good for like four years. And you're like, oh, what? I don't get it. (laughs) Like, there's no kind of set rules or I don't know. I I think that's why I don't like it. I'd like I have no issue putting the number and then it's like it should be the name. Okay, your number's attached to that name, but. Put your name up there as well, and it's you know fucking whatever Mario sixty six or I don't know fucking whatever like whatever, but you could still wear okay. that number. Go
1: on. I I I like that on a team by team basis. Absolutely, put the ne- put the name and number in the rafters, so it's forever. Yeah, who who whoever you want, Mike Medano. Mike Medano is the number nine. He's the number nine for the Dallas Stars. But keep it in circulation. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely like a, a lot of a lot of um. A lot of teams do that with like uh, fucking what do they them? Not honor circles, like
0: yeah, like Ring of Honor, and stuff like that. Row and all, yeah.
1: yeah, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, that's the one. That that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's not on the same level as I. I do still like. I love the banners. I love seeing a retired number in the rafters.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. It it looks
1: beautiful. But yeah, now I, th- I think I think you've I think you've hacked it there. This is, <laughs> this has morphed into a completely different conversation. Yeah. But yes, that's that's the one where you you. You put the number in the rafters, but I don't don't retire it. Like
0: it should be it should be very simply. This is my ending thing. It should be, it should be a banner, big letters, the player's name, and then underneath it, their number. The name is retired, not like it's the it's that like you're so good, <laughs> you get to be there forever. Like not the name, <laughs> oh, you know my... what I mean. <laughs> what if? What if... <laughs>
1: Joe Smith has been retired. Or well, the Joe so, uh, Smith alike. Oh, <laughs> 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 the the Montreal Canadiens have the first overall pick, and uh, young young Francois Berube is uh, is you know, the the most highly touted prospect. Is Connor McDavid. Unfortunately, Berube is a retired name within the Montreal Canadiens organization. They are unable to to select him.
0: He's no longer allowed to play hockey. He's got to go and learn to be a welder or something. (laughs) He's banned
1: from hockey because of his name. Like the whole um the whole uh, AC Milan thing where they've uh, retired Paolo Maldini's number three. Yes, and they've said, oh, they're they're only ever going to retire as three for um four of his kids. Yeah, it was like. They do that with the yeah, the, the only people who are allowed to be called Maldini or uh <laughs>
0: are Maldini your kids. Fans. Maldini's kids, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean though? It's like you you're retiring the image of the player rather than just the number. I think is the yeah, is, is the better way yeah. to go. But like you say, we're too we're too far gone now. And at some point it's not- look, it's NHL still there in a hundred years, at some point we're gonna have to go to like, okay, we need to go past ninety nine now, but we need to get to like a hundred because there's no numbers left. <laughs> like we're kind of running out. Yeah, that's that. I think we
1: might have other other issues arise before we run out of numbers in the NHL. But yeah, we're definitely going to end up with a lot more uh, fucking. I don't know, fucking, just weird numbers, weird yes. as fuck numbers floating around. Yeah, a lot more twenty fives in star star player twenty. Well, you you're already seeing it with like to an extent. Like Leon Dreisaitl is a. Um, star player only wears 29 yeah get a lot more 37s now and stuff like that like spechnikov different different level but Mittelstadt wears 37 like yes yeah, it's, it's already happening where those those legendary numbers are are retired so so players have to have to forge their own path isn't it?
0: last very quick thing on this uh one of my favorites ever was when Ivan Zamorano signed for Inter Milan, he wanted to be number oh, nine. Oh, yes. He wanted to be number nine, but they already had the original Ronaldo, who was at that time the number nine. There was nobody better than the original Ronaldo. So Zamorano oh, wow. had 81 on his shirt or, or 18, and then in the middle eight of the 18, one and the yeah. eight had a plus sign. <laughs> so it was one plus eight. <laughs> just so petty. It's just I love it.
1: Criminal. Criminal. <laughs> Pettiness.
0: Oh, oh my God, just who amazing. Who
1: allowed him to do that?
0: Thinking as well, you could, you'd could you even be allowed on the same team as the original Ronaldo, who at that time was like... His nickname was El Phenomeno. That's how good he was. Like, the dude was a fucking beast. He was so good. But like, yeah, I'm going to have one there, plus eight. What?
1: <laughs> there's not enough, like... I th- I feel like Kit Number Crimes is more of a thing in footy than than hockey. I mean, yeah, you've um, got guys like Char- Charlie Coyle wearing the three and like, you know, Brian Donato wearing six and stuff like that. I feel that's already, it's already broken at that point, you know what I mean?
0: I know, I think the best one in footy is Billy Gallas, defender, wearing number 10. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's
1: hundred of them. Yeah, there's loads the, in the, footy. The, the Billy Gallas one, yeah, sent about wearing the number 10 immediately after Dennis Bergkamp retired, <laughs> <the diet>. Like, <laughs> I, I at least understand the madness that went into that one, where it's like, oh, like yeah, you don't want a, an attacker wearing it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's the ones like like Jens Lehmann wearing the number nine as a goalie for <laughs> for Germany. Like I love it. So so I'm I'm, I'm looking at a little list here. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Guillermo Ochoa. I'm sure some North American fans will be more familiar with Ochoa. Than, yeah, yeah. Than other footballers, he wore he wore eight a lot because. His name is Ochoa. Yeah, of course. Okay, I can kind of understand that. Do you? Do you know? Do you know? You also wore six. No. <laughs> for for uh, America, Club America in football. I'm sure, you know him from FIFA. Yeah, he he wore number six. So okay, I eight, I understand. Well, what do you do wearing six? <laughs> this
0: is forty number
1: crimes. A legendary, aren't. So, mate. Oh, it's just madness! It's utter, utter madness. Oh, oh, fantastic! All
0: right, there we go. A great discussion to end the show. Will any last words?
1: Any last words? Now, American friends, get do what you can. Whether it's eight out of ten cats, whether it's cats does countdown fifty stories high. QI QI was fantastic on QI. Is stuff on is live at the Apollo. Did he ever do Mock the Week?
0: Yeah, he must have done. Everyone's don't done that.
1: I think he did. I feel, I feel like he must have anything. Just get on YouTube. Look up Sean Locke. He is a treasure and should be treasured more than many other successful British comedians. If you know Michael McIntyre is, look up Sean Locke, because I assure you he's better. If you know Ricky Gervais is, look up Sean Locke, because he deserves... Equally as much of your time, without any hint of transphobia in his fucking comedy, which is a, which is a plus. Like like Gervais or not, there's a lot of shit that he's done and said that is not very likable, and that's not something you can say about Sean Locke This this man had an incredible career and deserves to be remembered for the for the joy he brought people for two fucking decades
0: absolutely a great way to end the show take care everyone we'll talk to you next week peace